Welcome back, Bridget. How's your new year? Uh, pretty good. Uh, weather's been crazy down here. They keep trying to have tornadoes. You're not supposed to have tornadoes in January, but we're alive. We've made it. How about you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been good. It's a positive new year. Time for a, a new lease on life. That'll be a maybe theme for today's episode, shall we say. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I guess uh, I guess yeah. Georgia's having like the Suzabe theme for this year. I guess <laughs> like some weird like natural disasters trying to happen. Huh. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I'll have to well <laughs> come down and uh, try to help uh, help you guys be uh, in. I guess attempt to be a close, uh, train to be a closer <laughs> and uh, shut down all the various crazy uh, natural disasters that want to poke their little heads out. <laughs> I know. I, I need to start I'm... looking for doors, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have like conspicuous abandoned areas uh, that? Oh, I'm uh, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. That has to be the problem. <laughs> was, uh, yeah. Like abandoned theme parks and crazy sort of um eerie landmarks <laughs> that uh are fun to watch like exploration videos on youtube uh, for example oh yeah i'm pretty sure we have a uh a water park that was here when i was a kid that i actually remember um but it closed when i was like 11 and i'm pretty sure it's just like a decrepit water park now there's like nothing there so that's probably where the door is Freaky. Yeah, At the bottom of a pool somewhere. <laughs> I think, and that probably tends to happen a bit more in the south too, where um, you're more likely to see developments of theme parks and water parks, and because it's just easier to try to make that business work in a more a warmer region versus up here. It's, it's a bit tougher. <laughs> yeah, they're like you so, get you get like two months <laughs> here. It's like well, you get potentially six. Just seven. <laughs> Those leisurely spaces uh, are not as much of a premium uh, in the in the northern climate, but uh, hence they're just not brought into existence as frequently. And we we've got some, I'm sure, some impressive malls that are sitting empty right now. But uh, other than that. Yeah, no, it's uh, fun to be back on the Thoughtcast, conversations about animation. Uh, yeah, I'd like to talk about things warm and cold and uh, animated and visually distinctive. Uh, and today we've got an animated film from 2020, and uh, it's the Japanese animated feature A Whisker Away. Um, uh, from Netflix, uh, produced by Studio Colorido as well, um, and Toho Animation, Twin Engine. This is not a co-mix wave film like our last one we discussed, Suzume. Uh, Suzu, Su, Suzu. I, they, uh, the uh, enunciation or whatever, the rhythm of some of these pronunciations um, var varies depending on um, the the i guess the speaker suzume uh 
that always confuses me with these uh with these Japanese things the emphasis <laughs> yeah well that's like when it because I didn't actually watch that I didn't watch mm-hmm. Suzume in, in Japanese so mm-hmm. I just know how it was said in the English one uh so I assume it's Suzume but yeah if it's different i don't know <laughs> no they they make a point to try to get the pronunciation fairly accurate even in the dubs i think the the actors and the directors who do the translations you know they uh, make an effort to maintain a bit of authenticity to the original japanese uh, so that's kind of nice to see you know that that kind of uh, symmetry yeah, I'm glad they don't just like, you know what, we're just going to give them American names because that would get on my nerves. I'd be like, well, no, that's not their name. <laughs> yeah, the, the trend over the years has markedly increased toward, you know, getting that uh, cultural accuracy down. Uh, I, I think the effort was uh, noticeably lesser in the early days of uh, of dubbing in, in Japanese translation. Of course, yeah, a lot of infamous, terrible uh, American and English voiceovers to early attempts at dubbing anime. Um, but I don't know if there are any examples that stand out to you, Bridget, as a, a longtime fan of, of anime. Um, are, are there any shows that either desperately needed uh, a redub or you're thankful that they got one um there so there are a few that like their dubs could be better I wouldn't say any of the popular ones like they usually had legit enough dubbing but I will say I was very perplexed because I remember Sailor Moon mm-hmm. that was like one of I guess my first anime technically and in the American version her name was Serena that, that is not her name. Her name is Yusagi. That's her like Japanese name. So when they redid them, which funny story, um, one of the directors, Junichi Sato, actually directed one of the Sailor Moon movies. I think actually two of the Sailor yeah, Moon movies. Okay. Yep. Uh, um, so funny story <laughs> related. But I was so confused when I got older and I like watched the remakes because they did like reboots of Sailor Moon throughout the years. And now they use her name, which is Yusagi. I was like, I thought I was going through like one of those like, like Mandela effects, the Mandela effects, whatever it's called. And I was like, I thought her name was Serena. I was so confused. So I looked it up and it was like, yeah, they just they gave her an American name when they sent it over to America in the 90s because they thought that we wouldn't we wouldn't wow. be, I guess, perceptive to the Japanese names, which I thought okay. was strange. But that's uh, very interesting. I never watched sailor moon uh but that's obviously a mainstay of you know anime and um it's a a mainstream example of you know something that found a a significant following in the u.s um and i'm sure the efforts toward localizing that were greater than your typical anime back in the day because you know they they knew it was something that would find an audience uh in the american and western markets but uh yeah i'm sure even with the extra production value that that uh, show probably saw uh, it still had its shortcomings uh but a, a name like serena as opposed to usagi that, that makes a bit of sense, I think, that they would try to uh, 
I don't know, um, make it a bit more familiar sounding. Well, yeah, but, like it yeah. makes like I get it because I mean, as a kid, I probably would have been like, "What kind of name is Yusagi?" Yeah, because I had you know not been introduced to any Japanese anything at that point. But I guess I think well, and that was like you know one of the really big shojo ones, like shojo anime, and that's probably why you weren't really into it. <laughs> it's not really for the guys. It's kind of, it's for the gals. Um, but yeah, they kind of like well, and they even when they redid it. Um, the writer, which I can't remember her name right now, but the writer actually, when they redid it, she actually had them add like more stuff of them being friends because she thought that the first one, they kind of pushed it through and it was more about like Serena and Tuxedo Mask's love. And it was like, she was like, yeah, I want it to be about like girls being friends and helping each other and being nice. nice. And I was like, oh, that's cute. I'm glad she got to redo it. I'm glad it ended up being so big, which I say that I have a Sailor Moon mouse pad on my desk. So it ended up being like so big that she could do what she wanted once it came back to rebooting it. Yeah, no Sailor Moon tattoos though, huh? Or, or... I don't have any tattoos. Okay. Because I'm I'm a baby and I also can't commit to anything. No, that's all right. Yeah. And I've had so many ideas, and then I'm like, ooh, maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> um, <laughs> is Sailor Moon referred to as Serena any longer in any media or is has that been abandoned? I haven't seen it in like the newer stuff. I imagine if I went back and watched like the, the original anime, it's probably still Serena. I doubt that they'd go back and redub those. Okay. But the one, I think they rebooted it in either the late thousands or maybe the early 2010s. And since then she's been Usagi. Like, okay. But they are all like sailor, whatever, sailor yeah. this, sailor that. They don't have different names for those. I don't know that yeah. if they do in Japanese either, though. I don't think so. I, I like that. Do. I like the name Serena, but yeah, I mean, always to, you know, if you're trying to keep things a bit more authentic, then uh, it's it's a never a bad way to go. Um, so yeah, we're following up our discussion on Suzume from the end of uh 2024 or <laughs> end of 2023 <laughs> suzume uh the the film from uh comics wave and and uh Masoto shinkai no makoto shinkai there we go and uh now discussing uh, a film with some similar subject matter similar aesthetics uh, that you recommended, Bridget, and I really, really enjoyed it. So um, I, I really wanted to kind of fast track that. I wanted to. I, I never mentioned on the Suzume episode that my anticipation of that film was somewhat, um, I, it, it, it was tempered by, like seeing images, and I, I don't really remember looking too closely. Sometimes I sort of zone out trail when I watch trailers or only watch the first few seconds of it because I don't want to be overly spoiled so like my impression going into Suzume was that it would just be kind of this um frolicsome romp about a girl and her cat or, or just something <laughs> a bit more pastoral and kitschy um but no it was anything like I it turned out to be this crazy you know cerebral uh supernatural epic uh so uh joke was on me but uh speaking of uh, a film about a, a girl and her cat 
Um, this is more, I would say, in line with something like that, like a little more human toned down uh, story, something a little bit um, smaller in scale, shall we say, uh, but but still delightful and um, and, and thought provoking. Well, yeah, and I it's funny because it's like, yeah, it's it's a movie like all of these movies with girls and their cats, which funny story, say the moon also has cats uh everything comes back to Sailor moon she's actually you can't see it because my lighting in here sucks but i'm in my office and i actually have a Sailor moon picture i have oh, like yeah. two or three up there yeah. i got a lot of Sailor moon stuff i like her um but that's kind of like when i watched a whisker away for the first time like i remember i like saw it on netflix and i was like oh that looks cute you know i'm going through my anime anime era i, I suppose mm-hmm. and i was like oh this looks cute you know cat movie i like cats i like girls with cats that's fine um and then, yeah, it, it's kind of like, kind of how like Suzume was. It's like, oh, you think you know, and then you watch it, and then you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I certainly resonated heavily with this film, and maybe I'm arbitrarily depriving myself of perhaps a, a large swathe of sort of chick flick, <laughs> chick flick style <laughs> films. You got to get uh, into the shojo. <laughs> Yes, the 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 shojo. Uh, that's correct. S H O J O or something along those lines. Yeah, S H O J O. Because you have shonen, which is like mm. boys fighting, targeted yeah. at boys who fight, and then shojo girls who are just girls, girls. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I, there's a lot of crossover now that they realize that everyone likes anime. I don't enjoy Christmas movies a ton, but one that I did watch. I guess whilst keeping up with a, a podcast that covered it was a uh, uh, um, love actually. <laughs> so I finally oh, really? saw that one. Um, so that was like, oh, I can appreciate how a lot of people connected to this movie. You know, uh, worth uh, worth seeing at least once. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that was one thing that occupied my holiday. There were a couple, maybe a couple other holiday movies i wanted to get to that never did but uh i was uh i don't know hard to go back once it's passed (laughs) well that's like um white christmas that movie that really old movie yeah i have never i've never seen it okay i and i like christmas movies i've watched a lot of them i also like to watch really bad ones just for Mm. fun but um yeah i don't know i'm like i think about it and then i'm like yeah Maybe, maybe another time. And then I don't watch it. And then Christmas is gone. And I'm like, well, now I'm not in the spirit. So (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, well, I mean, the best Christmas movie I saw was a new one this year, which was The Holdovers. Uh, I also saw Fred Claus, another Paul Giamatti joint, Uh, not nearly as good, but I don't know, had some, (laughs) I guess, uh, good familial uh, themes. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah I, like, I, I like that one. It, it's funny. Like Fred like Claus, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, very interesting. Like, what a weird concept that they thought would make for a, an in, or a, a high production value. Like, a, it, like, they put in a lot of effort into that movie, sort of like Elf, but um, just, just kind of off the wall in terms of what they were trying to go for with, with that. Well, thing. and I... I feel like when Fred Claus came out, that was when Vince Vaughn was having a really big moment too. 
Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like maybe they wrote it and then they were like, oh, you know who'd be great? Vince Vaughn, because he's really popular. Because he was like, that was like when they had like the breakup and he was like, you know, back to back in all those movies. Yeah, kind of a just a vehicle for his snide sense of humor. It actually kind of rolls in nicely to some of the, the themes of this film that I wanted to bring up. Like this, this movie doesn't, it's not a, cynical movie really or sarcastic but it plays on that kind of spectrum where it, it deals with characters that are kind of um pathologically divorced from reality in a way uh yeah you know this spawn well, says in a cynical way like nothing he, he hates everyone around him or whatever and and in this movie it's this girl who's just so on her own in her own little world in an obnoxious way <laughs> well yeah because it when it's it's funny because it's like you know they're they're like both dealing basically with like depression which i know yeah. they're like eighth graders so they're like 13 year olds so i'm like it could be depression it could be hormones because like mm-hmm. My kid's 10 and homegirl's out of control sometimes. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to eighth grade. But I, I'm like, I think what it is because they are depressed and obviously they handle it in different ways or like, you know, just struggling in general. Mm-hmm. Like her way of dealing with it, Mio, mm-hmm. uh, her way of dealing with it, or I guess, or Muge, I guess you could call her either. But mm-hmm. um, like her way of dealing it is just to be like, you know, kind of neurotic. Mm-hmm. She's like, overly hyper like i mean i think they call her what the oh, something yes. ultra and enigmatic in, yeah. or something like that uh, muge is an acronym uh m-u-g-e miss ultra mm-hmm. gaga and eccentric yes and i want to say that the name muge actually gosh I, I saw it somewhere it actually means like mysterious in okay. japanese um which i thought was also very interesting Mm-hmm. and like yeah and enigmatic was also yeah the I, I watched it with english dub I, I watched it twice just kind of once in the background today uh in preparation um but i also had subtitles on and the subtitles are the translation that you would get if you're watching the japanese original dialogue um so you're not getting the same thing uh, spoken as you are reading at the bottom of the, the screen, but it it is sort of illuminating just the the differences that they um, that they make when when doing the localization, and that's just mainly to match like the the mouth flapping, you know, the 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 mouth movements. Um, they try to sync up as much as possible, and so they'll mix up the the dialogue to account for that. Um, yeah when I think they also do it for like to make more sense to yeah, like, that in, too. like the ing- like for English speakers like we're gonna have like colloquialisms and things that we say that they don't say because there are times that I've watched anime and if I'm watching it in English I have to have I need to have subtitles I just have to have subtitles for everything because mm-hmm. there's always someone screaming or barking in my house yeah. so <laughs> I'm like I, I can't hear anything yeah. And so I'll be watching it and I'm like, that's not what they said. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I guess it makes sense, but that's not what they said. <laughs> yeah. Eccentric is a better choice of word than enigmatic for the dub. Yeah. Word. I think they said eccentric yep. in the dub. Yeah. 
which that makes sense. Oh, and it's it's infinitely mysterious is what like the name means technically. Okay, okay yeah, Neo. Uh, you said both. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you're referring to Muge and Fred Claus or Muge and Hinode. I guess it could be either one. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I, I meant Hinode. Sorry, that, that, that's her friend, yes. well, I guess. Uh, her friend who's also struggling. Um, but yeah, they're, you know, they're just like kind of going through it and, you know, kind of depressed. They're teenagers going through yes. some stuff. And it's like, he's kind of like, you know, like she can see that he's upset. Like she like she's like, I know, like you're not happy. So she's like, well, I'm going to be the complete opposite. And instead of showing my feelings, I'm going to be out of control and hyper and like happy all the time. So then like he's happy and everyone's happy. And so like if people just assume that like there's nothing wrong with her, even though they know, even I was like, man, kids are mean. Mm. So preface, her parents get divorced when she was in elementary school. <laughs> and apparently when people found out they were getting divorced Sorry. they stopped being her friend kids are yeah. ruthless and also rude i was like i was like i felt so bad like you don't expect this movie to be like have that like undertone of sadness but there's yeah. some, like tones there, there no, were some nothing, sad tones yeah nothing funny about divorce but just the way it causes this girl to spiral is just so profound um yeah and, well then like yeah, yeah people like disown her as a friend and she only has like this one friend that she's had her whole childhood because she was the only one that was like, that's stupid. Let's just be friends. And I'm like, yeah. The, I mean, I guess homegirl uh, did throw shoes at her other friends, but it's fine. Opening <laughs> opening scene with her. Uh, yeah. mom, Like she's with her mom um, at this festival um, in the beginning. And th that um, there's, a, there's a word for this festival in, in the particular region where this is set. Ton, uh, North? Is, no. yeah. is it the cat one? The cat festival? Um. I they 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 do name it. Um, did I write this down? Um, anyways, it, it's uh, yeah. I I don't know if it's just cats, but um, it's like a it's like a summer festival. Uh, yeah, but, and they have anyway. a lot of different ones. But where they yeah. so where they live, I think it is just a summer festival. Um, I don't see anything that says it's like a specific one, but where where this is set um, is actually a real place. It's called mm -hmm. Tokoname, and it's the Aichi pre like prefecture, I think. Um, yeah. But there is actually a place in, in Japan that is called Cat Islands, mm -hmm. and apparently it's like overrun by cats. And so that's kind of like, so like apparently in the movie, like places that they are actually exist in these these towns because they're real. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a regular summer festival. I don't, they do have over in Japan. I don't remember which city it's in. They do have a cat festival and people dress up like cats. I've mm -hmm. seen, I've seen like videos of it and I'm like, I want to go to the cat festival. <laughs> I need to now go to the cat festival. Yeah. I forgot it. To, oh, okay. Yeah. Tsushima, the, the Tenno festival, T-E-N-N-O. And uh, it's in my uh, search history. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> thank goodness Google uh, search history for coming clutch. Um, yeah. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, it it honors Tsushima. the deity Gozu Tenno. It's usually held in July. Okay. Yeah. Tsushima, Japan, uh, in the Aichi prefecture. And I noticed there was also an island called Tsushimi when I um, Google searched it. But is is that then the island of cats, the Tsushima island, or Sh Sh Tsushima. So, 
Yeah, so Cat Island is, uh, it's in the town of Aoshima, and it's in the Ihime Prefecture. That's where Cat Island is. Okay. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah. If the, if was, the <laughs> yeah. city shared a name with something related to cats. But yeah. Now, well, apparently what it was, was they were having a rodent problem. And so they brought cats there to deal with the rodent problem. But then the cats took over okay. and like massively reproduced because they didn't get them fixed. Um, and so, yeah, this town is like overrun with cats now in real life. So it's called Cat Island. <laughs> okay. But we don't see that Sounds in like, the film. No. Well, they said that the Cat Island in the sky is kind of like where they pull that from. That's like okay. the representation oh. of like that town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, we haven't got to that part yet. <laughs> yeah, that that was very um, Coco. <laughs> I, I think that got brought up on our previous episode, too. But uh, well, yeah, I think well, it's kind of yeah. like um, how the the boy and the heron. You've seen that. Yeah. yeah. How they have like how Maybe. they like go to a different place. And I was like, they love making other worlds. I love that for them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, stay tuned for and all boy. these movies. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, to to get back to Hinode and Mio or Muge, uh, I kind of like how yeah, all the characters have sort of multiple names just because their friends refer to them as one thing and then their parents something else. And you know, in J in Japan, they're more likely to use surnames as well as the first names. Um, Hinode is is Kento Hinode's surname ultimately, but his friends just call him by his last name, uh, which is technically the first name in Japan. But whatever, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> uh, they they do things in reverse over there. Um, but uh, and then Mio is Mio Sasaki Sasaki Mio, um, and uh, yeah, so that they have a history together from i guess the previous summer at the, this tenno festival or whatever i i think well who knows what festival necessarily takes place when but th that opening scene with the mom asking uh you know do you mind if uh you uh, uh Ask she wants her to like move in yeah well yeah she like wants her to stop living with her dad but her mom okay. is like the one that abandoned the family yeah so so her mom wants uh neo to to move in with with her because uh, since her dad is getting married to his new girlfriend and i don't know i guess neo doesn't really like having to live with you know the stranger in the house um but then Mio snaps at her. So this is actually when, because things are kind of told out of order. So it's a neat um, mm -hmm. editing choice. So, so yeah, I think this is the same Tenno Festival where um, uh, Hinode and Mio sort of ha have their first rom romantic uh, kind of moment, correct? So, yes, but her as a cat. Well, okay. <laughs> he, he doesn't realize that it's romantic, but she is technically the cat. No. Um, when they have the moment, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so that was previously then. When, mm -hmm. um, the yeah, Hinode's stressed about cram school, so he skips a day to go to, oh, that, that was like a music festival. Because his mom festival. gets... Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Well that they were like, they were at a festival, which they, they do have tons of festivals in Japan, especially yeah. in the summertime. So it could, it could be a, an array of festivals. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like, she was there with her mom and gets mad at her mom because of course, like they don't realize how the divorce side like, affected her and her mom, like leaving them has affected her. And so her mom being like, well, and she's like grilling her with questions about like her ex-husband's girlfriend. And she's just like, I don't want to be in the middle of this. And I'm also a hormonal teenager. And so I'm going to have an outburst and run off. And then, so during this time frame when she's run off, that's when she meets the cat, the big cat. Yeah. And he sells her the mask. That's when she and gets so, the mask. She meets mm-hmm. him um, though when, as, as a young child initially. Yeah. That's the opening sequence. The cold open is her um, probably distraught over her mom leading, leaving. And that's kind of like the inciting incident in, in, in uh, Suzume, in um, Suzume's childhood, when she has her you know, spiritual encounter um, due to a traumatic event. And well, this same type of thing happens now to Mio in her early years. Uh, when her mom walks out, she she has a run-in with this um, cat, this uh, anthropomorphic cat, the mask seller, voiced here by mm-hmm. Todd Haverkorn, a classic uh, anime voice uh, voice actor. Uh, yeah. So have you have <laughs> yeah. you ever watched uh, Miraculous Ladybug? <laughs> have no. you ever watched that show? Okay. So we ended up watching it with my daughter when she was younger, and we liked it so much that we just watched the rest of it without her we were like we don't need you we'll watch it he was the voice of the dad also the villain hawk moth so every time he talked i was like it's hawk moth it's hawk moth every time we spoke yeah. hawk moth and i was so the whole movie i'm like i know this is a cat man but hawk moth the whole time so, i got that right he's right very, that, that very is todd, prevalent name. todd Havercorn or no uh because because on the sure yeah and let me check on, on the imdb um, I just assumed when I read his name because I recognize the actor and he's done a lot of iconic voices. Um, but the masks, but his characters oh, no. here. Okay. No, mask seller is Keith Silverstein. Okay. Who? Okay. That's what I was like. I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know okay. what the, the Todd guy does. Let me see. Glad, glad we got so. Oh, he did, he's her dad, Yoji Sasaki. Todd okay. Habercorn is her dad. There we go. Well, anyways, uh, it's a it's a great character, this mask seller. Um, so yeah, like um, sh- He's she a fat cat. <laughs> <laughs> she has a couple run-ins with him, um, and then yeah, that the second time is after she snaps at her mom um, after her mom's grilling her about the <clears throat> the stepmother, and and then uh, yeah, she uh, sees him sort of reclining against this lantern that's marked um cat lantern <laughs> and he's uh he's sort of uh plying his wares and um you, you don't really realize what's happening until later it's very uh economical with the way it gets across yeah. these events which is yeah because well, she's like well yeah and she because she's like you know hates her current life and the world that she lives in and she just doesn't want to be a part of it and he's like well girl i could give you this mask like for fun don't worry about it you don't have to pay me anything yet i can give you this mask and mm-hmm. you could be a cat 
<laughs> because being a cat's so much easier because a cat's yeah. the only cat that knows where it's at. So uh, quoting my favorite musical, but musical <laughs> Disney movie, I suppose. But yeah. no, that's good. yeah. And then, you know, at the end, he's like, ha ha just kidding. Which, and I'm like, he just looks like he's going to be evil. If people didn't immediately call that, I was like, you know, there's going to be one of those like switch and baits where it's like, ha ha I get your soul. Just kidding. <laughs> cats. Yeah. Cats are really ripe for some rich thematic exploration. If this Puss in Boots, Suzume are anything to go by. And I mean, people love Cats, the musical, which I haven't seen. I mean, I. I the movie I apparently the is, is on Netflix. I've heard it's horrible and I haven't watched it, but there's a part of me that I'm like, I should watch this. But yeah, people are like, well, the <laughs> the musical itself is just so bizarre and is an acquired taste. And I, I guess mm-hmm. I think because that also has maybe a metaphysical quality about it, 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 like almost having to do with the afterlife. And I mean, there's there's a certain mysticism that cats have associated with them and, and like Puss in Boots even captures that, which is why that movie's so successful as this sort of unassuming DreamWorks spinoff. Um, but th- this movie, of course, is dealing with the same themes. And uh, and yeah, like this notion of, you know, your legacy and what people will think of you when you're gone. Um, but also, you know, Mio, uh, Mio and Hinode are, are very depressed and they have sort of a misanth- uh, misanthropic posture about them in many ways um they it's not not only you know are they sort of down emotionally but yeah sort of like vince vaughn and <laughs> or you know <laughs> just like a general disdain for humanity overall uh you know saint nick he wants to be endlessly charitable and give uh, joy and and uh hope to the world uh, as his mission in life and and then his brother is resentful and just wants to you know he's he's an eternal immortal being yet what does he do with his time he's working as a repo man in chicago <laughs> the, the complete opposite of what you know the spirit of a, a santa claus would be uh so like <laughs> the the fact that not not only is is um mio unhappy with her situation but she vocally says like I, I just wish the world would end soon. That that seems like a radical sentiment to me. Yeah, she's like very nihilistic. She's <laughs> like, I hate this place. I wish it would be gone. And I'm just like, I mean, but I don't know, man. I feel like at 13, I also had very big feelings. So <laughs> I can kind of feel her. I mean, that's what no, I said. I, I, love I, I have it. a preteen and she's like, she hasn't gotten quite like that, but you know. She got a few years. I, I love the big time. feelings. <laughs> I love the big feelings. And Hinode expresses similar sentiments too at times mm-hmm. um, well because his mom is like really like and i mean he's he's a 13 year old his mom is like really writing on him to like take care of the family yeah. because his grandpa's getting old and he's gonna retire so she's like oh you gotta go to school and you gotta get in this high school and you gotta do this because you're gonna have to take care of all of us and he just wants to be a potter like his grandpa and i was like oh, it's so cute because he's like oh yeah i love my grandpa and I love what he does. Everything he does is awesome. I want to do what he did. And his mom's like, mm, you should be a doctor. And so, you know, he's Pottery. like, he's, oh. 
That's another evo- another evocative metaphor. You know, ghost, <laughs> obviously, Patrick Swayze, yeah. Demi Moore. Uh, like, but, and then the line, like, this is so crucial to the entire film. The, um, the state of your heart always shows in your work. Uh, that must have stood out to you when you first heard it, right? I mean, how could it not? Well, yeah, honestly, because it's like you're going through it. Like, I mean, you hear it all the time. People get like writer's block mm-hmm. or like, you know, they have slumps in like their art. And so it's like, unless you are a singer, all you need is a good breakup. You have an A1 album immediately. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, yeah, you know what? If you're not feeling great, if you're not feeling awesome about yourself, then your work is probably going to show that because you're not going to put all of yourself into that either. Yes. So this mask... Uh... <laughs> it's uh it's a great metaphor for just life in general uh we all you could say put on a mask to some extent uh living in our mortal coil uh that doesn't always possess nine lives uh though uh mio exchanges or or makes sort of a tacit um agreement with this mask seller that she would be perhaps interested in exchanging her human mask for uh one that of a cat uh and so she goes uh gallivanting through the night uh, you know moonlighting as this cat uh (laughs) through this mask that initially she's given on loan from the mask seller for you know, uh, until I guess the summer festival is when the transaction is finalized. You learn that later in the film. But then while she's in the form of this cat, when she puts on the mask, uh, d- does she, she like, uh, doesn't she, don't you have to like put on the mask and then do a somersault to like activate it or something? It's, it's, yeah, you have to put it on. <laughs> and I think you have to do a somersault backwards. Okay. Neat put it little. on. And then I think, yeah. and I guess they do it the opposite way to take it back off. Okay. I think that's what it was. But yeah, because well, there's detail. one time, yeah, well, there's one part where she's like falling off the roof and she's like, I got to get this on. And then she lands <laughs> as a cat. But I was like, did you just somersault in the air? I have questions. <laughs> wow. I guess uh, she's really good at contorting her body midair. <laughs> I mean, l- if she turned into a cat, she'd be A1. That's for sure. Yeah. 13 year old girl. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, she's, she's very kind of wiry and thin, so she can probably kick her legs and throw her arms to try to you know i know it's it's much more difficult than you would think to try to maneuver whilst midair uh but i i think it's technically possible if you shift enough weight around um i think so so i I believe in limbs yeah i i i don't (laughs) this this movie uh you know does has enough goodwill going for it that i'm not gonna nitpick at (laughs) little uh plot holes um well and i think well, i was gonna say i think that like with you know the theme of cats and you know because you see a lot of cat themes generally but a lot in japan but it's because cats typically mean good luck okay there and so i'm like i would not be surprised if she was like oh you know what cats like they're cool they're, they're good luck so i can like trust this cat guy and i mean and she's also 13 so she's going to be naive to a certain extent and so she's like yeah you know what just having a good time and so and I think it's all, it was almost misleading, I think, the first time I watched it. Because I was like, mm-hmm. so when her and um, Hinode meet up in that, like, thing while they're upset at this festival. Yeah. And they're, like, talking to each other. 
So I've noticed that when she is technically a cat, but she's like talking to him, they show her as herself, but in like this, like almost like a spectral form. They, she has like this glow around her. Yeah. Cause at yeah. first I was like, wait, are they not like hanging out and just talking and being cool? And then I realized that like, it doesn't show her as a cat, but she's a cat at that point. Um, this, okay. There's that summer festival, uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, they skipped cram school. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, he's, he's depressed and under pressure from his mom. <laughs> uh, that that was that both of them in their human form are you sure right. yes I, because I mean, he didn't seem like he was like he ever like hung out with her like that because i thought that she was in her cat form but it was showing her as a person that was later uh i so they, they do that spectral vision with her being kind of yeah caressed by you know day but she's in the cat. The, the cat. He calls the cat Taro after his mm-hmm. uh, deceased uh, beloved dog. Um, but no, I I think the music festival that was the two of them as youths, you know, bonding okay. like a, a childhood crush kind of situation. They they had known each other ever since. I mean, th- so I guess if I were to rewatch the scene and, and note and realize that I totally missed the fact that she had this glow around her and that was actually, but I think that was prior to getting the mask and, and having, well, the then why was he being powers. so weird? Uh, I, I like, I feel like if they had like this, like, you know, connection under a gazebo together at this festival, that they would have been like cooler. Like he wouldn't be like, yeah. The, so problem, the problem is that she's to her. Yeah, she's just so eccentric though. Like she has yeah. that. I mean, one she has moment. a lot. <laughs> yeah. So they they work well as a couple, but then they they have this one romantic encounter. I mean, it's just very innocent and you mm-hmm. know, juvenile, but it uh then she gets upset. And like I I know this feeling from being a kid and having crushes. Uh but obviously you can't act that way around the person toward whom you have those feelings or else they would want nothing to do with you. And that's what, that's exactly what happens. Like she just, the next time they see each other and especially in a public setting like school and she's just coming off way too strong, then he is just, he's going to have a total buzzkill over that. Especially if you're around your friends too, they'll be like, Ooh, no, no, no. I was vulnerable then. I am not now. I guess that would make yeah. more sense. Because I I was like, I thought maybe I, the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't think that that, I was like, was she a cat then? Well, maybe she was a cat. Maybe she wasn't a cat. So then I just assumed that maybe she was a cat. <laughs> yeah, no, I, um, that was like this, perhaps the summer before this current school term. And then now more recently, um yeah she's she's going to class and and like they they have this uh this other festival where she meets the the cat the mask seller and then she gets the ability to turn into a cat and then um and then right away right away when she turns into the cat she has yeah she has another meetup with uh yeah with uh What's his name? Uh, Hinode. So, mm-hmm. so they they do have like a little bonding moment 
um, right after she turns into a cat, I believe. Uh, well, yeah, because I think she know. shows up. Well, I think he like sees her or like yeah. she's like walking past his house and he's like, hello, kitty cat. And she's like, what? <laughs> and yeah. then he's like, I'm gonna take because that's like him and his sister argue about that. He's like, I found her because she's like, where's my cat? And he's like, I found her. It's my cat. That's right. They, they show cat. the moment he finds her. Um, and that's that's maybe a- after she's been a cat because the timeline is kind of confusing and, and they do. Yeah, it's kind of they kind of jump yeah. around at times. I, I think that's why she... I was like, hey, did they? Yeah, I think she maybe tries out being a cat a bit before then going to his. Because, yeah, I think they meet each other. Technically, it's uh, at the um, the studio, the pottery studio. Yeah, the pottery studio. Yeah, she comes out of the pottery, pottery studio and washes herself. Like she she's washing her hands as a cat because she's grossed out by having to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. as a cat. And you can tell like she's had to do it a few times um, already, but she's still kind of not used to it. And then the masks, mask uh, seller shows up and tells her a bit more about like, well, uh, you know, you'll get used to it. It's an acquired, it's eco-friendly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, when I like how, it, well, and honestly, the the mask seller, he kind of reminds me of the, the, the voodoo, the voodoo doctor. I can't remember his name from um, Princess and the Frog. Facilier. Facilier. Yeah. Yes. It, he kind of runs into him because he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just shake my hand and I can make your dreams come true. And he's like, <laughs> At a cost. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's uh, there's always a catch to that. Um, and then, yeah, he, yeah, he must have some, there must be some cost to him for her ability to go about and do all these things. So, uh i don't do we ever see really what that is we don't necessarily mm-hmm. see who he's beholden to do we i don't um, think he's beholden to anyone per se mm-hmm. so i know that if he can convince them to live as a cat forever he gets their soul so basically he gets the like time that they have left in their life because cats don't have as long of a life yeah Okay. And so once she becomes, once she's like kind of stuck as a cat, because, you know, they go through yeah. all of their drama with, you know, her parents and the new girlfriend. And the, there's drama there, too, because mm-hmm. the girlfriend of the dad, which her name is Karu, um, she's living there, but they're unwed. So that's like, ooh, scandalous. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a bunch of drama there. And, you know, Karu is trying to be like, kind of like this surrogate mom to her you know because her mom's not really around kind of yeah and so it's like everything's and they actually said so i was reading in the american version she calls her miss karu uh because in the japanese film i guess it's kind of hard to like show that she's not mio doesn't really feel a connection to her she's kind of like put up a wall because she's like yeah i don't really want to i don't want to have a relationship with you like mm-hmm. you're not my mom kind of thing yeah I'm and so they were like yeah they call her miss karu for that reason because they want it to seem very like formal like she doesn't want to be close to her kind of thing um yeah they're <clears> much <throat> more strict strict about using titles in japan mm-hmm. yeah mr yeah all the honorifics miss, yeah yeah exactly well they have they have tons of honorifics they have a whole lot of honorifics um 
yeah and so it's like she has all this drama with them and then you know she's just going through it but acting okay at school and she's trying to be close with um you know the guy yeah you know day it was like his yeah his name like gone um like she's trying to be close with him but he's kind of like brushing off her like because she's always like oh yeah uh hinode sunrise attack like hitting him with her butt and he's like dude just leave me alone because he's also going through it and so she's like oh he only like he's so nice to me when i'm a cat so i should just be a cat all of the time like he loves me when i'm a cat so i should be a cat and so before she's like you know really committed to it she writes him a love letter and some like jerk guy gets it and reads it out loud and embarrasses everyone. And mm-hmm. he's like, Hinode tells her that he like hates stuff like that. And he hates her. And, you know, and I guess he like expected her to like get upset back. And she's just like, Oh, okay. And like, I mean, she just cry and runs off, but like, he's, she's like, yeah. okay. All right, cool. I'm not going to yell back at you. I'm just going to go. Wow. And I, I like, yeah. I loved when her friend like kicked that guy that was under the like podium <laughs> She like, she like kicks off of it to run after her. Mm-hmm. She, <laughs> so, yeah, it, she, yeah, it's such a traumatic scene that it doesn't surprise me that she isn't just sobbing afterwards or something a bit more natural, uh, an emotional response. But ra- she's just shocked. She's in shock, and so she yeah. can't react in in a natural way to that situation just because it's just so horrific that she would have this note read aloud uh to classmates and in front of Hinode and and embarrassing him as much as embarrassing herself and and then that you know causing him to snap at her yeah Yeah. her her world has just unraveled um but i mean she's kind of constantly in a state of unraveling unfortunately as as just her emotional condition throughout the film uh, and her one, well, yeah, yeah, her few moments of repose are, you know, one when she's ha- having that first little tryst with Hinode at the uh, <laughs> uh, the music festival, and then and, you know where they're both able to sort of get away from their problems, you know, him especially with the cram school, and then when she's able to moonlight as this cat, um, she's able to kind of get away from herself and. Um, and be a good luck charm to Hinode. Well, yeah, and I think that, you know, and at that age and with everything they're going through, like she is just desperately trying to have this like human connection with this person that she thinks, I mean, that she loves, I suppose. And Mm -hmm. so to have him like just, you know, she sees like this nice side of him all the time when she's Tato, the cat. And so just have him like, you know, completely just shut it down and be like, no, he's completely rejected her. And I think that's another reason because she, you know, she's been hiding her emotions this whole time. Like she doesn't react like a normal person would. Like mm-hmm. I would have expected her to like yell at him or something, but she's just like, okay, that's fine. And just like yeah. cries and smiles and runs off. And I'm like, yeah, that, uh, that is someone hiding their emotions for sure. Um, and so in that kind of, that leads her to being like, okay, well, the only way he's going to love me is if I'm a cat. And that's when it kind of becomes... You kind you kind of figure out the nefarious, uh, I guess, um, plan of the mask seller because so I don't like I don't think that he answers to anyone. He's just like you know this mm-hmm. deity. I think he's like a deity. I don't even know that he's necessarily a cat. I think he's like a deity type thing that shows up as a cat. 
Yeah. Cause like, why do you have so many powers? Um, but yeah, so it's like, because cats have such a short lifespan, he's like, well, now I get your face because you're going to be a cat forever. But she doesn't realize that means that she like can never be a human again. And she realizes that as she becomes a cat, that she can't understand what, uh, oh my gosh, Hinode is saying to her and things like that. She like slowly becomes an actual cat. And so she's like, crap, 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 crap. <laughs> I have to figure it out. Yeah. And then so she goes missing. And then she realizes as she's walking around with Hinode, as he looks for her, that she's like, oh, crap, <laughs> I messed up. People love me. They're looking for me. Oh, and then the mom, the mom and the stepmom get in a fight <laughs> because now the mom suddenly cares. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know she like kind of cared, but like she suddenly like cares a lot more. And she's like, oh, my gosh, she went to the school and you did this. That's so embarrassing. You guys aren't even married and blah, 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 blah. And then she slaps her and then she slaps her back. I was like. This is what I'm here for, which, and I was like, I feel like the mom was like, oh, this is all your fault that everything is this way. But like, homegirl, you left. Yeah. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Well, yeah, her, her mom's gradually going through her own reconciliation, her, her own kind of similar trajectory to perhaps what uh, Mio is now going through. Um, we're trying to reclaim her identity and her agency as a person and not just run from her problems. But now it's it's beginning to be too late as <laughs> Neo's made this exchange already and is, is now at risk of permanently being stuck as a cat. Uh, kind of funny that, that though uh, this uh, problem of uh, Neo being missing is interrupted by her suddenly returning but it's yeah. a different <laughs> soul inhabiting her body it's it's the cat that once belonged to yeah Kauru's uh, cat. Karu, Karu. so their their r's are almost kind of pronounced like a d so it's it's Karu. yeah the it's, the trilled r's i i like doing yeah i uh i'm just kind of it's hard phonetically right now Karu and, well, it, it, yeah, it's like hard to uh, it's hard to get into uh, that when you some, don't yeah, read it like that. <laughs> some lazy American, some of us lazy Americans don't know how to do that. I, I, I've no I have no sympathy for that, frankly. But uh, no. uh, let's see. Karu's cat is named uh, uh, kin- 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 Kineko. Kin- yeah, Kineko. Yeah. Uh, Which I it's just- honestly it's so close to Kineko. Because it, it's Kinako, that's how it's spelled. But Kineko, obviously, Neko is cat in Japanese. And so I was like, ooh, I see what y'all did there. So close to naming her cat, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, well, then she comes back as her, because she's like, wait a second, why am I here? Yeah. Well, yeah, Kineko it- wants to be uh, faithful to Kaoru uh, for much longer than her lifespan as a cat. So that's. It kind of makes sense that she would be interested in occupying uh, the the body of of Mio for the time being. But um, Kinako ends up being very clutch and like mm-hmm. just a, a a completely generous soul in the end. Even though she comes off initially cold to Mio in the first scene, you see of Mio trying to snuggle up to Kinako. Kinako is kind of nonplussed 
Uh, and, and so Neo very uh, cat-like remarks. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you have to be, you know, the only person Kinoko likes is Kaoru. Yeah. So. Well, and I think, and it's kind of like that. Cause I think, you know, obviously from a cat's perspective, she was like, why wouldn't you love this woman? Because she takes care of us. She takes yeah. care of us. She feeds us. She, you know, keeps us happy. So why wouldn't you? And I think like her stepping into a, being a human, well, one, she realizes that Karu actually wants her cat. She doesn't want, I mean, like, yeah, she wants Mio, but like she loves her cat too. So she's like, yeah, you know, she loves me. And I mean, I guess she only gets me in, you know, the limited amount of time I have left. Like this, she wants me. She's out looking for me in the rain with no umbrella. So I guess I'll do that. But I think she also realizes too that like Mio's also kind of going through it. And she's like, oh, you know what? Her friends actually do care. And her mom's made her life really hard. So you know what? I should, I should help her out. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in a person body anymore. I'd rather be a cat. I want to pee outside. Okay. <laughs> I want to be eco-friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kinoko really kind of saves the day for Mio ultimately showing her the the way into the cat world and um, yeah, leading her to try to at least find some resolution there. Um, but yeah, then uh, Hiro... <laughs> Hinode, Hinode. Hinode. Yeah, I'm like, we're going to uh, remember this name. I'm going to write it down. I, I have it written down. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> he also gets roped into like the whole supernatural plot because Kinako shows yeah. up as Neo, but she's still, she's not fully transformed into human. So she's able to remove the mask temporarily. Yeah, that's, he, he actually uh, deals with it quite well. <laughs> Well, I think he already like had a suspicion because she was already being really freaking weird. Mm -hmm. Like at school, God, I cringed. I cringed when she was like, I'm going to sleep over at your house and we're going to snuggle and eat food and go to sleep. And he was like, what are you talking about? They're like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. If regular, <laughs> if regular Mio was being extra towards Hinode, uh, the Kinoko Mio, yeah, even more so. She like this movie is very chaste and you know sort of non-sexual like the but um mio you know when she's inhabited by kinoko just straight up says you know <laughs> i want to stay over at your place and we can sleep together you know it's just like yeah I, is kinoko maybe she's just kind of kinky and wants to explore her newfound human body <laughs> that's maybe well, the I, one. yeah well i think she's thinking of it from a cat perspective She's like, oh, we're going to come over and eat and snuggle because cats snuggle on you all the time. And it's not weird at all yeah. because she's not a person. She's never been a human before. So that was like what my assumption was. But, you know, of course, coming out of a teenager's mouth, they're like, oh, my God, especially there, because in Japan, like PDA and stuff, that's like a big deal. Yeah. So to just come out and be like, I'm going to stay at your house and we're going to sleep together. It yeah. with someone you're not dating. People will be mortified. They'd be like, what? No, no, no. No, no, no. Those are things that are hush hush. We don't talk about that. We're not even boyfriend and girlfriend. What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, oh my gosh, ultimate cringe. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Neo in the beginning of the film is ultimate cringe, but in an interesting way, like almost in an off putting way for me. But like some of the supernatural stuff at the beginning was enough to hook me in. So, like, once Neo was acting like this crazed, lunatic around Hinode when she's off to school um 
I, I, I was willing to, um, you know, stay along for the ride. <laughs> See what's, cause like, uh, and, and of course, um, you know, to put to rest any doubt that, you know, th that, that scene of the two at the music festival wasn't both Mio and Hinode in their true, you know, human form. I, you know, that, that simply has to be the case because like, uh, Mio would never act that obsessed. You know, that's how she developed her obsession with Hinode in the first place was thinking that they were now an item, but then, you know, coming, acting as though they are like boyfriend and girlfriend actually was premature. So showing up to school and, and treating Hinode as her boyfriend, you know, just ended up proving that that he didn't feel the same way and and he just grew more distant even though like she would take some of his you know phrasing to be like oh he says he can't wait well he just says he can't wait up he can't wait around to talk to her while he's trying to get to class she's like oh he can't wait to talk to me later <laughs> you know <laughs> selective hearing yeah <laughs> no it's, it's she she thinks that they have a relationship you know, or at least like a briefly bond of yeah, some kind, or a bond, yeah. And they were maybe like casual friends, just having grown up together in the same school, same class. Um, but yeah, she's she's sort of emotionally disturbed because of all her issues with, you know, her mom leaving, and and I think that, you know, the, it's so weird that that would cause girls to like bully her, especially over the whole, um parent uh abandonment issue like like uh but i guess th that is a thing that that occurs in society like uh yeah a, it's a, like people like talk yeah. and it's like it's kind of like dishonorable almost like yeah, yeah like it's not her fault that her parents are a bit of a mess and they got divorced but like but and of course, we don't know the yeah. reason behind it if her mom just straight up left and i mean kids are just mean too like have you met children my, <laughs> my name is bridget i was called bridget the midget for years because I was the shortest kid. Okay. Kids are mean. Uh, and yeah. so <laughs> well, emotionally kids who act strange emotionally mm -hmm. in general, you know, then will become ostracized. Um, it, it might not, you might not know that what a kid's family situation at home is, but if they're kind of strange in the way they come off, um, you're just more likely to try to avoid them. And so, you know, that is another way that a, a broken home you know, might lose friends over time. Um, just the, yeah. the way, yeah, that, that they're kind of emotionally imbalanced. When I, I think like I, and it's, I probably, I'm gathering this from like other animes that I've watched. There is like, it's like, I mean, it's not taboo, obviously to get a divorce. Mm -hmm. It's just like kind of looked down upon. And so people look down on her family for not like sticking it out and yeah, getting they, it together. They literally and so that's probably that, what it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. They like, they were looking down on it. And then he, Whereas, you know, yeah. it was a couple years later, but now he's living with his girlfriend and they're not married. Scandalous. Yeah. My, my <laughs> parent, you know, my parents would have never told me, oh, you know, you should think less of this person, you know, either imply implicitly or directly, like you should think less of this person because, you know, they lack uh, a stable mother or father um, that no one would ever, you know, that that's, I mean, very rarely would that occur um amongst anyone 
who I grew up around. But yeah, I think in certain contexts, that sort of yeah, like uh, certain like cultures yeah. too. That's why I'm like based on like anime that I've watched, I've seen like that trope where it's like there's yeah. you know yeah. mumblings within the family. Someone did something weird, and now like the family's kind of if they're not like and they're not usually ostracized, but people yeah. look at them different. They're like ooh, they don't have a mom. Mm. And, and within like a hoity-toity <laughs> yeah a proper society yeah they like look down on them i think you would see that in more of like a, a a high class sort of you know keeping up with the joneses sort of style of uh community where everyone's trying to you know maintain a certain status and and then yeah you would be told directly you know d avoid this person because you know of, of this you know certain social ill that they've committed or or have fallen under the circumstances of, um, which is so silly. Yeah. It's not going to rub off on you. Her mom, her parents getting divorced is not going to rub off on your kids. No, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm sure, and I'm sure Mio's parents never would have said anything like that to her. But, um, yeah, no. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just fun examining some of these um, circumstances of like the, these kids who are under a lot of pressure and so much so that it makes them almost wish that just the world would end. You know, we, I hate everybody. I, you know, I'm feeling very misanthropic and then it, it feels profound. Oh yeah. The, the whole line where Neo, uh, uh, sh yeah, she, she tells Hinode that she thinks he's profound and it's basically him. I had to re-listen to it a couple of times because I was like, what is he trying to say? Is he and it's basically like he he wants it all to go away, all the pressures, all the um expectations of his parents, of of job, of school. Um oh, and then there's the other things that he hates uh, uh, in life as well. But like finding this moment of repose and letting everything else fall away makes him realize that he can be at peace with those things that he doesn't like. He, he doesn't need to will them into annihilation. He can simply rest and accept that these things are there and, and be contented regardless. Well, yeah, that, when I does that like, make sense? It, it is kind yeah. of subtle. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, because like, I mean, the whole like the whole I feel like the not tone, but um, I mean, the, the movie as a whole is kind of about escapism. And so he's like, you know, I don't really need to escape from my life. Yeah. I just need to, the things that I don't love, I don't have to love them. I can yeah. still exist yeah. <laughs> and do what I want. But in, then, you know, he kind of also, he like learns to kind of speak up for himself. He's like, you know what? I don't, I want to be a potter like my grandpa. And so like, and it like, it kind of, it shows it at the end, like the credits or the mom he's like i want to be a potter and the grandpa's like great that means we don't have to put the pottery stuff away <laughs> we don't we don't put it in the garage after all uh yeah. the mom's like all right i guess um yeah but yeah so i'm like i think yeah. and i mean i guess they they honestly like i mean mio learns like 100 percent that escapism is not the best way to cope because then you end up a cat forever yeah which i love yeah oh go ahead well, escapism is, is good for <laughs> a moment. It's good for a time, but like, yeah, it it uh, it doesn't last. You'll you'll end up giving up more than you had intended, and so ultimately, it's about learning to take the good with the bad. 
but yeah, yeah. What's the, what you were saying well yeah because you can't lose yourself in the fantasy because you still have to live in the real world mm-hmm. um well i love that when she like goes to the cat world so but if you guys didn't already know they go to the cat world so she goes to the cat world because she's looking for the mass seller and she's like okay i gotta find him she's asking people well i guess cats they're all cats they're uh anamorphic cats um anamorphic cats that's a word um so they're like standing with shirts on it's great but she's like yeah you guys know where he is and they're like we don't know who that is but no we don't know we don't know and they're like you want some rats and she's like no thank you uh (laughs) there's like this mysterious cat around a corner and he's like oh yeah you're a human and a cat body and she's like how do you know and he's like i can tell he's like follow me and it's like human cat bar <laughs> and it's all of these like scorned cat people who mm-hmm. used to be humans but got tricked by the mass seller and which was funny though because they're all adults at least they all seem like adults yeah and so they like i like that they like band together because they're like she's a kid that's not fair <laughs> it's and it's kind of i don't know a relief that like the um the consequence for this transaction isn't like the worst thing at least you get to go to this cool tree world and sort of hang out in the afterlife uh once your time is up so like and it's always nighttime (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's always nighttime because cats are nocturnal (laughs) yeah like 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 kinoko you know you would maybe expect uh kinoko to be in on this sort of mustache twirling plot and that she would be this ruthless antagonist along with the mass seller trying to take over um, mio's body but but no she's like you know i i could sort of take her leave being on earth um you know i i want to spend more time sure with kaoru but um i i see that these people really care about you, Mio. So yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll, um, you know, what, what's the, what's the sh- chauffeur? Uh, like, I'll, I'll chaperone you back to the, the the cat world. And and if I have to end up staying in the cat world, you know, so be it. The, it's not so bad there either. Well, yeah, and when I and I think that like I think in the beginning, like when she first when uh, Kinako came out and she was Mio, like I think she found out very quickly, like yeah, like Karu loves Mio in a different way but she was like ah oh, it's not the same because she Mio her is Mio will never be her as her cat form and yeah. that's what Kadu loves that's right. and so she's like mm, I want her to be happy and I want her to love me and I want to spend time with her mm, I guess I'll be a cat so it's like you think because her whole thing with becoming with taking Mio's body or face or whatever mask is that she's going to get half of her life basically half of Mio's remaining life and then the mass seller is going to get the other half. Yeah. But when she takes them to the cat world, <laughs> she apparently null and voids that uh, agreement. <laughs> and the mass seller is like, oh, now I get, I now I get Mio's and uh, Hinako's or he no, Hina Day, Hino Day. I'm going to get his name right. Jeez. Um, he's he's like, regu- now I get everyone's. <laughs> the mask seller, he's a regular Ursula. <clears throat> dude that's what i'm saying i was like i was like you could just tell i was like that's gonna be an evil guy later i can tell um yeah and yeah and so it's like you know they so of course mio as her cat form she meets these people and they're like oh we're gonna help you because of course the mass seller shows up and he's like hey girl and they're like we're gonna fight you because they're adults and of course they've like oh yeah we've learned that like we kind of messed up 
and we were too late. So you should really go get your face back before you also mess up because you're too young, you know, which and I thought I saw a lot of theories because there was the female cat in that bar who was like, oh, you know, um, I didn't think I could take care of my children in a good enough way. And so I left my family and blah, 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 blah. And there was actually a lot of theories that that was her mother. Hmm. But I was like, but she said children. She only had one kid. She would have just said child. I was like, I don't, I, I think it's just kind of like a comparison of what her mom could have ended up like, had she not tried to have a relationship with Mio, you know, I was like, I don't think it's actually her mom though, but there was a lot of theories that that cat was her mom's soul and that her mom <laughs> in the body is a cat, Oh no. which I was like, but why would the cat care about having a bond with Mio when she's older? As I was like, I don't think that theory is right, but I see where you get that yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a theory yeah. the the movie um could be operating on deeper levels than it you know the, the subtext could be uh <laughs> you know subterranean um in if the sub screenwriter i don't know is is wanting to be so uh <laughs> we'll have to talk a little about the screenwriter too but uh yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I say the oh. screenwriter actually likes writing sad stuff. There, there's another one that I saw that they wrote, and I was like, ah, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense that this has sad undertones, um, <laughs> based on uh, the writer. Mario Okada, um, one of the most prolific writers currently working in the anime industry, but but yeah, mm-hmm. who, who knows how obscure like uh, she she wants to take things with her writing? But uh, it's uh, it's it's very well crafted, and I don't know. Yeah, the esoteric. Uh, esotericism you know kind of comes through and, and like uh but yeah the whole uh <laughs> mom coming back as a, a cat that'd be that'd be fascinating but yeah the movie doesn't make that explicit certainly it's- yeah I was like I was like I think it's a theory I've been like maybe it serves to show that like I guess maybe like Mio hearing that lady's ex- or that cat lady's experience that she's like oh maybe that's what happened with my mom because my mom was being stupid for a while and now she wants to be a mom again. So I was like, maybe, maybe it's just to show like, oh, you know what? Like adults mess up too. Like we all messed up. We uh, became cats as adults because we're dumb. So, <laughs> and, and like these cat characters kind of end up, uh, they're sort of the deus ex machina in a way, you mm-hmm. know, coming and bail out um, the, uh, the kids at the end, you know, when they're facing down with the, the cat, uh, the mask seller the mask seller and, and like the the tree the spirit of the tree also you know comes in and well that's where he has to go to get their souls <laughs> yeah I, or, I, well their their life what did they call it they didn't call it their souls it was like their their time like their, their life, life essence or yeah it, something it's like a, that it's like a interesting orb thingy I mean, it, it almost reminded me mm-hmm. of wish you know as a reference recent reference uh but wish was more like a uh, uh, an artifact of one's mind <laughs> sorry apparently uh apparently godfrey keeps letting out the dog quit opening the door um <laughs> it's all right but, well, well yeah we'll, and we'll that's wrap this up here yeah yeah well that's yeah i when i think what it is is that like whatever years they have in their soul or life essence time force whatever is like the cat deity thing gets it and so when Kinako brings Hinade 
I'm going to get him here today into the cat world. She gives him a cat mask so that he can see. And he just has cat hands, which is awesome. <laughs> he was like, why am I not a cat? She's like, I don't know. We probably did something wrong. I don't know. Sure. And, so, <laughs> and of course, you know, Chase and Sue's, he tries to eat them. And then the cat people are like, we told you to look at them kids alone. Because apparently, I guess the mask seller was going after them because children have more life than adults. So he's like, I get them while they're young. I get more life smart oh the, that devilish mask so yeah i i uh imagine he's supposed to represent some spirit within uh the the shinto uh pantheon we talked about um what are they called kami the dai yeah the kami because that's what like the daijin are and stuff like that they're like different little deities that's why i was like he has to be like a deity of some kind since he's magic mm-hmm. um but kami are very much known i mean same with the deities they're very much known to like be mischievous he's just a little more um self-serving i guess than maybe some of them <laughs> daijin doesn't that also mean like wealthy person or fancy person um i, I, I think that's that translation yeah yeah there was a couple of things could could also i think it could also be like a not a not a minister but like someone in like a church like a higher up person yeah yeah someone um you know sort of it it means yeah yeah, it says it's usually written in kanji as a minister but it can also be written with different kanji which means mighty god okay interesting so yeah that's why i was like i thought it was like a higher up in the church but also yeah it could be like someone who's a god um, but yeah, but I mean, they're basically like deities, Blood which I mean, in ornate. Shintoism, that would make yeah. sense. Yeah, sure. That, that uh, yeah, a, a, one of noble character per se, but like uh, the, yeah, just the, the world of, you know, there are benevolent spirits, but then there are also sort of trickster, malevolent spirit, you know, just uh, essentially those forces that are purely in it out of selfishness uh, and selfishness plays a significant role in this film thematically too where it's highly triggering to uh mio when when her mom is you know trying to manipulate mio into like uh living with her and then the uh, you know soon to be stepmom you know kina uh kaoru uh <laughs> so many names uh, <laughs> wanting to, she wants to get closer to mio and um you know, break down mio's facade that she knows that that mio's kind of always putting on a face when kaoru's around and uh, mio snaps and is like well maybe i want to put on a face i i don't want to just uh you know act myself around you because it's it's just my choice and you're you're not the boss of me um i feel like it's the equivalent of you're not my mom (laughs) but you know mio perhaps just doesn't realize that she's also being highly selfish in these moments too and it just kind of is like yeah it's uh uh it's a reflection you know all these these issues are um are sort of twofold um in in their uh in their uh, ex- <laughs> the ways in which they cause these blow-ups well yeah and i when i think a lot of it too like especially at that age 
uh, it's very like, and I don't know if this is an actual term. I think I've made it up. It's like the the main character syndrome is that oh, sometimes they don't realize that every, like other people also have feelings that are not just NPCs. Um, yeah, actually, NPCs. Yeah, the NPCs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we've literally had a talk with this before with our own kid because I'm like, girlfriend, the things you do affect people. And I know that you don't quite grasp how. But like, yeah, you don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to do the dishes, but someone's got to do the dishes. <laughs> like, and you got to do them multiple times a week. And so obviously not as, it's not as in depth, but she hates the dishes. So she feels very strongly about them. That's um, represented visually here though, too. Yeah. It's like I, you, they don't, they don't realize that like, well, and I think another thing too, is that like, I don't think kids grasp that like adults are also people sometimes. And so, and, and I think it also goes the other way around. Like sometimes parents don't realize that kids are also their own people. Hmm. And so like the things that you're doing is affecting your kid, but the thing that your kid's doing is also affecting you. And generally as a parent, I couldn't even imagine like how it is as a step parent, how that would be hard to deal with, especially if you've never dealt with it before. It's like, girl, I'm doing this for the first time too. I'm going to just chill and stop yelling. <laughs> um, so, so then the movie, when it, it, you know, there's it, it doesn't sort of break reality too frequently in its sort of rendering of the diegetic world of, of the film. But but there are these brief moments and you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, mm -hmm. When um, uh, the visual metaphor of the, the scarecrow. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. When they're because she like it's after she had it was after she got they got embarrassed with the letter and she runs home and they're like oh we're just trying to like we're just trying to talk to you like talk to us and she's like i don't want to talk to you i don't want to show you how i feel and like to her they're just like scarecrows they're just like emotionless scarecrows but in actuality like she runs off and they're like concerned they're like we are concerned we are looking for her we're gonna go to the school we don't care about our reputation we just want to find her but to her she's just like oh they just hate me and they just want me to be a certain way. And I want to be this way. Yeah. Drama. <laughs> Cause she's so dramatic. <laughs> it happens a couple, uh, several times, you know, at least mm -hmm. I think three times, but, and one moment is even when she's in ecstasy over her relationship with, you know, day. Um, I, 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 is it maybe the day after, you know, cause she has, you know, a, a day of, of really good luck with Hinode after she appears to him as uh, ta ta Toru. Taru. 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 And, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, she, um, you know, gets mad at the bullies for accusing um, Hinode of cheating. She just overhears them. They're, they're not directly accusing him of cheating, but she hears them just making yeah you know, but the reason why he's excelling in school now is because he's got this cat he's been uh seeing and it's been giving him you know certain sense of calm and focus so he's able to study more and so like and then yeah eventually she has a day she defends Hinode's honor um and then um Hinode warms up to Mio and shares his lunch with her and mm -hmm. And I think it's sort of at the culmination of that school day, she's just uh, in in, ex in ecstasy, and and then everyone around she and Hinode turn into these scarecrows. I think that might be, <laughs> it's a moment like that where she's in yeah. a, a a really happy and ecstatic um, state of of thrill, 
but then it also happens when she's in a state of extreme um like distraught yeah despair uh yeah yeah as well so it's like both poles have this effect of uh, yeah blocking out the world around her and treating others as yeah as like npc like npc characters yeah <laughs> that's why i was like i don't know if main character syndrome is really a thing but uh we've made that up because well and honestly there are actually studies that show that kids don't really develop empathy until they're about 12 or 13 so it could be very much be that they just don't realize that like the things that they do also affect people around them um, yeah or, or just you know i i i think it just depends on our our mental state too yeah because mm -hmm. like yeah, if we're in a really heightened state emotionally, you know, whether good or bad, um, you, that can tend to cause us to act irrationally and be inconsiderate of, of others. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think. Um, Especially so, at 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but some people are perhaps more prone to acting in this way than others. But it's it's cruel to dismiss someone entirely of being. Yeah, like a sociopath or completely incapable of empathy or or acknowledging the th the feelings of others you know it's mm -hmm. i think there is a, a like a spectrum and, and there's a happy balance um where you know you, you can really um inhabit the, the uh, a, a healthy connection to the world around you yeah, and I think maybe that has a lot to do with like the escapism that she is that that she's using to kind of deflect from the like you know, I guess the kind of like trauma that she's going through and the depression and stuff. So it's like yeah, everyone else is just kind of like meh, yeah, meh currently because she's like yeah, I'm going through it. Yeah, the escapism. I, I just need me a second. <laughs> the the escapism can tend to sever you as well as the depression, like. And I think the metaphor of the cat to a certain extent is very effective because like cats can seem very distant um, and sort of dismiss it. You know, they're aloof, uh, aloof, uh, misanthropic. But like, you know, not only did Kinako, you know, have have a certain affection towards Neo, but Kinako was very affectionate towards Kaoru. And cats can be very affectionate, even though they can come off as the opposite sometimes uh and and so yeah. I, have, I have two and they're very opposite so i i know i have one that he only loves you if you have food yeah. and the other one she loves you just because she that, loves you so that's, yeah that's what makes them so fascinating um especially as these metaphors in, in these various stories i think well i feel like that's why they are like i think that's why they get used so often in movies and things one because you know cat cats are cool i don't know yeah. but also because like dogs i feel like dogs you know how a dog feels mm -hmm. a cat you're like i don't know do you like me you love me right you love me yeah, yeah you love me and you're like oh maybe you don't i don't know i can't tell like because i'm telling you my i have a big i have both my cats are fluffy my big fluffy cat he does not he will sit in the room with us. He doesn't want you to pet him. He'll let you, but very begrudgingly, he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to be touched. But if you are feeding him, he's like, heck yeah, rubbing on your legs, mm -hmm. rubbing all over everything, purring, having a great time. But my other cat, she's very, she's kind of skittish. She was an outside cat that we saved. And so she's kind of skittish, but she loves love, <laughs> but she, she hates my kids though. 
I think they move too fast. They move too fast and they're too loud. And she's like, oh God. <laughs> but she loves me. She loves us. Like if I'm in the office and she's in here, she's in my lap all the time. And so, yeah, it's like cats are just very mysterious. And so they're fun to like make these otherworldly characters because they're like, oh yeah, what if you were a cat? What do cats think about? What What are they thinking? People, I don't know. yeah, people love their uh, cartoon cats. <laughs> and uh, I know, especially, yeah. especially all of these animated movies. Because I was actually reading uh, the voice actress who was... Mio was actually also in one of the Studio Ghibli movies. I think it's called like it starts. It's like Ari 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 something. I haven't watched it. The one that it is, but yeah. it's something with a girl and a cat. Yeah. So in signing off here, I'll mention like you know perhaps uh, for future reference, um, one of the other works that was cited um, was. Uh, a previous film by uh, Mari Okada, uh, a, a screenplay, um, which was Her Blue Sky. Uh, so that's an, another noteworthy anime film um, in, in the description on Netflix. Um, I noticed that was referenced. So that's, that's one thing I got to check out, I suppose, now after seeing A Whisker Away. But Otherwise, I'm very new to all of this. So uh, it was just uh, cool to kind of go in cold and have this Im very impressive story uh, about cats. Well, yeah, and that's when we watched Susan and you were like, oh, yeah, I like this one. I was like, oh, if you like people with cats, <laughs> I got another one for you. Um, but uh, the Ghibli film is called The Secret World of Arietti. And it's from Studio Ghibli, but it is a girl and a cat. <laughs> another girl cat movie <laughs> i uh yeah there's there's a few uh you know ghibli films that we could you know perhaps compare contrast to to this as well that uh we'll have to uh, possibly fast track if not just have on the back burner uh the boy and the heron of course uh coming soon i definitely want uh to to cover that as soon as possible on the thodcast but uh, we'll get to it, um, and uh, I'll be seeing that again soon. Uh, the dubbed version I've seen subbed, so such a <laughs> that's a wild film. I I love just how ambitious it was. It's, it's it takes you back to classic old, you know how um, you know, Howl's Moving Castle to an extent, but yeah. like Spirited Away is just so bonkers, mm -hmm. so expansive, and. You know, <laughs> Yeah, metaphorically and, and um, aesthetically, you know, uh, Princess Mononoke, like uh, mm -hmm. the boy in the heron is, is a true epic. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a that was a really it, it was really fun because I like at the end, I was like, even if I like if there was ever a point where I was like, I don't understand what this means. It didn't really matter. It was good. It looked great. It was amazing. It's Studio Ghibli. I, I feel like they can't do anything wrong. <laughs> they they just come out with banger after banger. Right, what can I say? um oh well so the the music so this i feel like this movie i feel like set us off on the whole like japanese music scene <laughs> um which i thought was kind of crazy uh and i actually completely forgot about it until it came on today i rewatched it today 
And so at the end, so the song, um, the people who do the opening and the ending, it's a group called Yoroshika. Okay. And they're like a pop group. It's actually apparently the producer is a Vocaloid. So the music producer is a Vocaloid. And then the singer is a real person. Um, But they did the beginning, the theme song, which was Ghost in a Flower. But then the ending song, which is the song that got us started off on Japanese music. Because I remember I, I watched this movie my husband was like in and out, but the song played at the end and he was like, I like that song. Yeah. Let's find out what that song's called. And then it we've kind of spiraled. We listen to a ton of Japanese music now, but it's called um, Uso Suki or no, Uso Suki. Yeah. And it means liar or fibber, Okay. which I was like, huh. I was like, interesting. Cause you know, the cat lied. <laughs> and I was like, is that what they're saying? Or maybe they were lying because they were like saying they were fine and they weren't. It could be nothing. It could just be a cute song. But they wrote those songs for the for the movies. Yeah, I got to check those out on Adam to my Spotify. That, that last one, yeah, it was it was definitely a banger that I want to return to at some point. So, um, Uso, Uso, uh, Uso I know it's hard. Uso Suki. Yeah, it's that it's oh. that T S U sound. Su- yeah. it's hard. Spelled U S O T S U K I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's there are some like being an obviously being a native English speaker and learning Japanese. There are some of the sounds are hard. <laughs> I'm like they took they took a while for me to for them to click, and even sometimes they don't. I'm just like I'm get I'll get there. I'll get there one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These uh, muscles in our <laughs> mouth regions, uh, they. Uh, they really can be made to function whichever way uh, you want them. <laughs> and uh, certain languages just happen to evolve in, in different ways that take advantage of, of I guess, the the whole gamut of the palette. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, I, I love learning about this stuff. Uh, but yeah, di- dictation and yeah accents and yeah so um definitely <laughs> um, if you want to learn more about uh accents and pronunciation it's it's a whole plot uh rabbit hole you can go down on youtube oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah we we follow a couple of linguists on youtube yeah. uh well cuz i have a friend who she is vietnamese but mm-hmm. she was born in georgia and so she has a normal american accent the homegirl switches so quickly she's tried to teach me stuff but again as a native english speaker that like glot that that like glottal like guttural sound oh it's so hard she's like yeah you just do it and she'll be like and i'm like i was like girl my i cannot get my throat and mouth to do that i'm trying (laughs) and i've known her for years but she's she's tried she's i'm like it's really hard i'm just gonna stick with japanese it's easier a little bit they don't have the glottal stuff so <laughs> the fun muscle yeah we we don't we take it all for granted as english speakers i think just because english is just so broad and we borrow so many words from so many different languages that it's like it's mm-hmm. just a hodgepodge but then more specific languages they you can really identify the characteristics of our physiology <laughs> and anatomy that uh you know, and in, in embody some of these uh, just different languages. So um, this uh, this was super fun. A whisker away on it was on Netflix. I mean, it was, uh, 
uh, premiered on Netflix. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I think it was a. I think Netflix did Netflix produce it. I, I it, it's not saying Netflix produced it, but as far as I know, um, it's yeah, it's just the Western distributor, I think. Um, okay. The U.S. distributor production companies are Studio Colorido, Toho Animation, mm -hmm. and Twin Engine. Um, so, uh, but but easily found on Netflix. So uh, definitely check it out. And uh, thank you so much, Bridget, for for recommending. Of course, I have so many things to recommend. If you want more Japanese things, <laughs> have you have you seen Her Blue Sky? I haven't heard of that one, actually. You mentioned that one, and I hadn't heard of it. I've seen, so Studio Colorido, they also did Drifting Home, which I have seen. It's on Netflix. Okay. Um, and then the writer, she also did a series, which I believe is on Crunchyroll, um, called Anohana. And it's really sad. <laughs> That's why I was like, ah, yes, yeah, sad themes. Okay, okay. But yeah, it's kind of sad. But she wrote it um, as well. All right. But um. But yeah, so I've seen a couple of Colorado, the Studio Colorado stuff. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, and another Girl Cat Studio Ghibli movie is uh, Whisper of the Heart. That's another one that I was thinking of earlier. Yeah, Whisper of the Heart. That, that was Ghibli. Um, so mm -hmm. maybe we should Girl Cat movie. Next. Uh, girl or, Cat movies. We'll, we'll, do a, <laughs> we'll do a running series. Yeah, Girl <laughs> Cat series. Sh Shodo? No, sh sh Shoujo. Shoujo. Mm -hmm. um so uh not all uh that won't be for the first not back to back future, but <laughs> yeah, not back to back um but uh, yeah sounds like a blast and uh i'm trying to find out where you can watch her blue sky um i don't think i've oh. seen it anywhere yeah uh, I, what do you know if it was ever released to like uh, i mean imagine it was but i don't see it anywhere I, it's not showing up immediately on Google where you can rent it. Um, uh, this oh, one says yeah. you can watch it on. Well, that says HBO Go, so that has to be old. Yeah. Um, maybe Apple TV. Yeah, maybe. It says it might be on Apple TV. Maybe it's rentable, but well, other than that, I don't think it's just straight up streaming anywhere. Um, for, for yeah, I don't you know, see it. either subscription or free. Um, all right. Well. I'll uh, see you uh, hopefully again soon for some either Boy in the Heron or maybe something that, you know, we got that new Chicken Run movie on Netflix as well. Uh, looks fascinating. So uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, Bridget, any last things before we sign off? Uh, no, uh, this it was really cute movie, a little sad at times, but overall pretty good if you like cats go ahead and then uh, obviously look up the music on spotify because the mu music was it slaps <laughs> yeah uh really nothing to dislike about it other than maybe it's just uh you can, might might find it a little too saccharine if you <laughs> prefer something <laughs> more action heavy but like the, the characters are all very you know very inviting so uh i, I don't know it's uh, it's worth everyone's time and uh and great great for kids too so uh, a Whisker Away from 2020 on uh, Netflix. And uh, just to shout out the, the directors, uh, Junichi Sato and Tomotaki Shibayama, kind of have, both have uh, uh, um, 
inveterate careers in animation. So, uh, I know I noticed that um, Tomotaki Shibayama um, also worked on Spirited Away. Yeah, first first credit. I just saw that. <laughs> digital ink and paint artist. So, yeah, uh, a beautiful film as well. The anim we didn't talk too much about the the animation itself, but uh, <laughs> it uh, yeah, it looks great. Very Watch it. It looks great. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, no, no. Uh, you know, shortcuts at all. So, all right. Well, uh, that does it for the Thoughtcast conversations about animation. Uh, did you want to plug social media, Bridget? Sure. You can find me on Instagram. That's Bridget5246. That's Bridget with a T, 5246. All right. Thoughtcast.com at Thoughtcast on socials. Find me at Philip Elke on socials. And other than that, um, you know, uh, many a merry meow to all of you and uh, have a magical day have a wonderful week warm hugs <laughs>